Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. Uh, today we're talking a bit more about our journey and kind of about the future uh, as our RIA continues to develop. So right now, um, you know, when we, Nate and I started, we were just hoping, just hoping and crossing our fingers that we had uh, enough in assets that we could uh, keep the lights on, uh, pay our administrative assistant at the time, and uh, maybe even pay our mortgages. So that was, that was how we started. And that was about 2012 into 2013. And then... Um, no, 2011 into 2012. Well, yeah. I mean, we left like yeah. like very late 2011. Right. Um, and then we, we tried to earn some macaroni and cheese money for the first couple of years. And then, then we uh, eventually were able to scale enough where, where everything is fine. And then... you know, Can you more still eat Kraft macaroni and cheese? Yeah, I love it. Really? Yeah. Like it's not like it doesn't taste like kind of, you know, how like some stuff like when from a kid and you eat it now and you're like, oh, this is terrible. When's the last like, time you had it? Wow, it, it's probably it's probably a race between that and the last time I've had Taco Bell. Seriously, at least fifteen years. No way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, first of all, we have to remedy both yeah. of those things. Yeah, because Danny tells me about like the good stuff at Taco Bell now, and I have no idea what he's talking about. I think they brought like, the Mexican pizza back, did they? Yeah, not? they did. I just saw that. Right? Yeah. Okay. So like I, I the crunch, crunch wrap. That's. That's li- that's good, Dan. I'm just Taco Supremes, dude. That's fine. Yeah, no, right. See, I'm old school. I remember the last time. I, I remember when I used to go to Taco Bell frequently, which was when I worked in Rockford for Wells Fargo, uh, and it was always the Taco Supremes. Well, no tomatoes, obviously. No, I'd roll with tomatoes on that. Yeah, just it was okay. It was okay on that. Because you thought it was like a pico? Is well, that what you're yeah, treating exactly, it in your head? Exactly. Yeah, it was more like a salsa, dude, right, as opposed weird. to like just a big like slice of tomato. Like, no, that's no. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I love, I love it. I, you know, every once in a while, my kids want it, so I'll eat a little bit of it, and it just reminds me of of yesteryear, and it's wonderful. Mac and cheese, it's great. Yeah, okay. and and we, my, my kids like Taco Bell, so I'd say once every, we'll yeah. go once every quarter. You're we in do a different, you're you're in a different spot though, because you have you have little kids, like little kids, you just kind of kind of break down to whatever they want and just go, all right, fine. Like, so that, that's a different story. So yeah, right. Yeah, so, like if you had, if it was just up to you, you wouldn't go to Taco Bell as often. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, in every once in a while, maybe yeah, right. twice a year. Right. I'd much rather go to like Portillo's or like right. Chick-fil-A or something like that. Right. If I'm going to, if I'm going to expend the bad calories, you're going to go to someplace right. with a little higher quality. So level. this is funny too. Uh, so Danny moves in July, moving July, Danny in July and across the street from his apartment is going to be uh, a, a Culver's, a Dunkin' Donuts, um, and then, you know, like a, a, an Arby's in a quick trip. So this will be very interesting to see the amount of willpower that our uh, marketing genius uh, has inside of his body. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, more or less less than walkable. You could you could almost like reach out your window and be in the drive-thru. I mean, yeah. If he was older, I would go a quick trip would be the, the big one of that one. But he's not. So I'm, right. going, I'm going Culver's. It's going to be. Oh, and Jimmy John's. It, it, That's it right. Culver's, That's right. Jimmy John's. And then, and then they're putting the Dunkin' Donuts in. If he ever wants to go play video games, he can go to BB Jacks. <laughs> go to BB Jacks. He's right there. Yeah. So this will be this will be interesting. This would be a little uh, a fun little social experiment with Dan to see to see how uh, how much willpower he has to be able to you know to, to kind of say no to the to the to the blue you know tinge that'll come through his light from the Culver's sign. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when Kramer had the Kenny Rogers roasters or the, <laughs> <laughs> the red light would shine in his apartment. <laughs> So we'll see. We'll see. So, 
Well, and uh, this is one thing that's an enigma to me too, is people think that you can have a restaurant with like games on the other side. And I'm sure the games are highly profitable for the place, but what people don't realize that run those businesses is that as a parent, that's your own personal hell because the kids go in there and they spend money so fast yes. for the tickets and the trinkets yes. that you never want to return. Right. Like I never want to go back to BB Jack's ever again. Right. Food was decent. I was there. Kids are super excited to do it. I tell yeah, you right. like, like it's a once a year deal. I can't, right. I can't do it any more than that. I'm just like, no, you can't try to get the little <laughs> arm where you win the thing. Oh, yeah, the stuffed animal. Oh, it's yeah, the, the worst. Yeah, and all of a sudden, like, $5 go by. I'm like, uh-huh. it's it's like a $1 plush right. thing that you don't need. Right. It's just, oh, I can't do it. Are you going to take your kids? Do you see yourself taking your kids to, like, Great America? Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't like the lines. I don't like all that. Like, yeah. like because it's so infrequent, that's something that I believe as a financial advisor, I believe that you have to pay up for those experiences so you maximize that experience, right? I don't right. want to sit in line for two and a half hours to right. go on one ride. So I'll right. pay fast pass, all that stuff to get to the front. Let's experience it because it's so right. infrequent. So it's, right, it's the idea of it. We're not going to do this four times a year. We're going to do this one time a year, but we're going to do it as, you know, as, as well as we can once a year so that we, we get so that it becomes as palatable as possible. That's exactly right. You got to make it palatable. Because that sounds horrible to me. Well, right now, yeah. When you have like <laughs> teenage kid, like like teenage kids that are older, even you're talking about a completely different situation. Oh, I, mean, I can't. I, I think I could still go to a water park and have fun for a little while, but I think that would be the same as sushi for me, where I would get to like a point where I would literally get to a spot and then have to leave five minutes later and be have to be like, nope, I'm out now. I'm done. And I would need to like walk out, like walk straight to the car at that point. Best part of the water park is getting there super early and being the first people or staying super late and being the last people. Other than oh, that. I've never done the late thing. The late thing's great. Interesting. Late thing's great. Interesting. How late do they go? I, I don't even know. I was there. Like Noah's Ark. How, how I, I don't know. I think they go to like seven or eight. I mean, it gets. Oh, goes, okay. I mean, it's not dark, but. Okay. But it's late and everyone's left. Like all the families have left. So you're like, you're, you're in good shape and you can, you can start riding those things like end of the day, right as it goes. But then you got to pick out the one you want. They got a couple that are really good. Like you I just I, do the I plunge like, like 15 straight times. They have one that's next to the plunge. It's even better now. It's like a loop thing. It's, it's actually really cool. Interesting. Yeah. They got a couple Interesting. Cool things there. What do you think would be the, the, uh, the, the result of Walkner Condon doing a branch field trip to like Noah's Ark? I mean, I don't know if I want to see all of our employees in swimsuits at all. Like, I just think that's, and it's just too. And the sunburn, boy, when that day is over, holy cow. I, I just I, picture, for some reason, yeah. it's it's Stan and Keith would just get lobster sunburn. Like, just, they have that sort of skin tone. Not like I don't either, but I mean, I, I think I have the sure. good sense to put on sunscreen. Sure. I think those guys would apply it right in the morning. Yep. And then wouldn't Call apply it the whole rest of the yep. day. And then all of a sudden they'd be like, I put some sunscreen. I right. don't know why I'm so burnt at the end of the day. Right. They'd come into the office and they'd be beat red. And, and then they'd have to record a video with Dan or something. That's that's what would happen. Yeah, that, that would be an interesting, like, we'll do that and then come back and do a podcast of a recap of what happened our day out at. Because we could put a camera in Dan's hand. Could oh. you bring a camera in there, Dan? Could you do that? So that would be interesting to kind of do like a video of of Walkner Condon at Noah's Ark. Have you ever been to a non Noah's Ark water park? Yeah, uh, the one in Rockford, Magic Waters. 
Oh, I've been to that one. Uh, I've been to that one a couple times. That one is okay. okay. It's fine for what it is. It's fine. Uh, and then I think I've been to like one of the non big ones at um, the Dells, because Family Land and Noah's Ark are kind of the the two behemoths. And then I think I can't remember the one we went to. So Family Land's been replaced, I think now. Hasn't it's it? not family. Land I don't even anymore? know if it's family land anymore. Oh, I went to like Mount wow. Mount Olympus. Oh, that one is like okay. pretty big now too. I, I did go to that one. Huh. That one's more a combination of roller coasters and a little bit of uh, slides and stuff like that. Pretty right. good combo. Not bad. Right. Not bad. See, it's hard for for us because of how we kind of uh, see the world, right? So we we put a lot of value on golf and are willing to spend money on golf and equipment and playing and all that stuff. So I assume that there's probably people that feel the same way about things like Great America or Noah's Ark and, and maybe don't s- spend the amount of money that, it, well, maybe nowadays, I mean, with the expense, I don't know how much it costs to go to Noah's Ark anymore, but I'd be willing to bet that there's probably people that do kind of a once a week at Noah's Ark. Well, if you live down there, I mean, you'd probably you'd, you'd right? obviously get like a pass or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, my, uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they, um, you know, had a Disneyland pass oh, pre-pandemic gotcha. and she was like yeah it sure. was a great deal because oh because they were in california they were in california yeah, super right. young kids right it was perfect you'd take them there for the day and they would they would love it it's like I mean, if you think about it it was only a 20 minute trip for them sure why it's better than going to a park you get to right. go to disneyland right I mean, what a great deal and you stay as long as you want leave yeah. after an hour if you want to it's exactly. no big deal yeah how much does that cost i wonder how much does a season pass cost to disneyland it was not as bad as you think but now I think. Yeah, and can we get a uh, yeah get a little Dan's assistance gonna, on that? Yeah. A little Google assistance. That'd be on interesting. That. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Wait, 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 uh, what's it going to be? What's the number going to be? Ooh. For a single, like for single, one person, not a family. For single one season pass. Yeah. Um, let's see. It probably costs. It's probably seventy-five to eighty bucks, maybe even a hundred to get in for the day. You got to figure, right? Oh, it's got to be at least that much, isn't it? Dan, well, we I'm not talking need, about all the fast pass extras because there could be a ton of extras. And we also right? need a like a single day. You know, to go in. So I'm figuring single days around around eighty to hundred bucks a person. So I'm figuring that a, a pass for the year is I'm going a grand a person. Oh, I was my my brain immediately went to five grand. It's like a country club membership. Seriously, I, I, don't, I think I don't it's, think it's, it's that that's too high. So I think it's I think it's hold on before I look at this. I, I think it's uh, 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 twenty four hundred bucks. Wow, Dan. How much? 649 bucks? What? See? Wow. Tremendously good value. I was way off on that. Well, because you only go for it for a day 13, or two. 1300. 1300. 1300. Okay. So that's pretty okay. close. What did you say? You said a grand? I think. Yeah. I said 1200. Did I say a grand? Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, so I was, I was pretty close. Because you're only going there for one a few days, right? right? So you're not right. going to buy the pass unless you live in the area. And then if you live in the area. No, but right. But deal. to that point, if you live in the area, that's a great. That, that's that's a fantastic yeah. option. I mean, if you're going to go, I mean, if you if you know you're going to go, you know, a decent amount. Yeah, so I, I talked to my brother-in-law. He said that, um, so he lives in the Orange County area, and he was going to go to, you know, football game. Uh, he was going to see, um, it was San Diego. San Diego so State? It was, the, it was the Chargers. Oh, the Chargers. Yeah. Professional, okay. Um, well, they're the LA Chargers now, right? So he was going to see the LA Diego. Chargers game. Let's stop. No, there's still um, San Diego. And so he had to leave. Now, mind you, he said the stadium's about 30 minutes from his house. <laughs> and he had to leave three and a half hours early. 
sure. to get to the stadium. And there's like, it's not like he tailgated, not like all that kind of stuff. He left and had to travel that far. He said it's about, it's about 30 miles away. So, so brutal out there. So brutal out there. Can't do can't, it. Uh, yeah, no. I wouldn't want to turn that adventure into, like I can almost drive up to Manaqua for that. Yeah. I mean, right. I can't do it. Wow. Like, we think that Miller Park, you're like, oh, man, the traffic getting to Miller Park. It took us, like, 15 minutes to get right. through the line. Yeah. Right. Not right. bad at all. Uh, what was our topic today? What was our topic? Was, I think uh, it was macaroni and cheese, wasn't it? I think you're right. I think you're right. No, it was... Uh, Dan is just was, cringing. It was scaling, but, you know, we don't have scaling. to do that now. Yeah, that's true. We don't have to do that now. Let's, we'll talk a little bit about that, because like, I think that that, that is... That is we'll, we'll, we'll segment it. So I think the the idea of of scaling for us is really unique because we were so small for so long, right? And I think that that's atypical, right? And then I think that now people are surprised as to how big we are. Uh, not that we're massive, but just relative to how small we were for so long and, and, and where we're at now. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. I mean, because we're at ten now. T- we're 10, at ten now. Ten full time employees. And 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 in full disclosure, we're we're having conversations with a couple other people, and it's it's a situation of managing that growth. And I read that Kitsis article, and and Kitsis said in the article that firms that are like five hundred million in size, which is where we are, we're right around there. Yep. So we're at about well, a little less because the market oh, now. Right. Uh, call it four forty, four fifty. Right. But. Um, we were we were at five hundred for like a day, I think. Right. Uh, so, but we're we're you know between five hundred and a billion. They say the revenue of the firm or what the owners get paid out, essentially the partners, etc., won't change in many cases. And sometimes it goes down as you're scaling because you have to add this infrastructure of people. Right. And that's kind of where we're at right now is saying, how many bodies do we need to help us to provide the service experience that we uh, that we require in right. our firm now. And so we have, we're, it's very fortuitous that we have clients that want to see us. It's very fortuitous that we get to, you know, some people want to get to the owners and they want to work with us and some want to work with others. And, um, you know, and you have to be careful about how many clients you take on into your business and then also not having your service experience go down. And we have managerial duties on top of that with the firm being managing partners. That are expanding as we bring more people in. Correct, because it takes training and takes all the personality stuff that you have to do. You have to spend time with people. You have to train them. You have to, you have to do all of that. Right. Not everyone's like Dan, where you just go, "Hey, figure this out." Exactly. You know, right. Very, very, very mediocre training program for, by his boss, but you know, it's fine. He seems to have come through it well. <laughs> That's right. Sometimes I I will just, just, we call it a minimalist. Sometimes a when minimalist you just ignore them long enough, then they just <laughs> they just grow. It's like. It's like those little succulent plants where you just give it a little bit of water yeah. and then it just does fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, slight side note. Um, uh, Selena is, uh, wants to file a lawsuit against the uh, uh, vandals. No, uh, yes, vandals uh, in our garden. Who are the vandals? Uh, we think they have a cotton tail and four, four feet. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, not sure, uh, but uh, rest in peace to our celery, Brussels sprouts, kohlrabi, oh, no. lettuce, and I think one other thing. I was very excited about all these. Uh, I think you're going to need 
well, an elevated uh, bed. The rabbits were excited as well uh, because they decided to uh, go ahead and help themselves to uh, the buffet. So it was kind of a funny thing in the house to think of like, like the first rabbit that found it. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine like that that rabbit's brain when they found it? Like, because they knew that none of the other rabbits had found it yet, That's and right. <laughs> they were just trying to like eat as much as they just possibly a little could bit of everything before the other rabbits kind of like you know. It's like finding a buffet that like nobody knows about. And then all of a sudden you just like, hey, this is pretty cool. And the, the rabbit's like, this kohlrabi is really good. I this never knew. Fantastic. And now I'm going to go over to celery. Oh, that's good too. And I'm going to go over here. Elevated beds. You got some work cut off for you now. She got fencing. So we're going to find out. Let's see how this works. Take two. Take two. It's going to be the most expensive lettuces and it's kohlrabi. It's going to be pricey. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, sorry, we digress. So, um, I think the the other funny thing about the uh, about scale is the little things that uh, you don't think about until they become a problem, right? It, like like they you, you don't really kind of consider them to be things that that are uh, problematic until they are, and then it's like hard to fix, right? So even even things like space in here, right? Like we love our location, we love all of that, but at some point. It, it just becomes too many people to put in one area. So then kind of what do you do, right? And that wasn't a problem when we had three people and it's not a problem now, right? So you, you, you three to 10, no big deal, right? It's almost a problem now. and Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, know, and it's that's not an easily solvable problem. And so kind of how do you get to that point? And I think that um, it's, it's important to share this information and have an honest dialogue with uh, clients in a format like this so that they understand kind of why we make the decisions that we make. And it's not just because we come up with some crazy idea one. Well, sometimes it is, but for the most part, we don't just come up with some crazy idea one morning and implement it. It's because, you know, of other factors that were involved that people might not be aware of. Like we just switched to a different client web portal. You know, why did we do that? Because, it's more robust. It's bigger. It's more secure. It's better. And so, um, and it was an all in one solution. And that, solution, that's what we've gone right? to. And I think is as you get larger, you, you have to centralize some stuff, right? You just can't have all right. these different programs where people use it kind of haphazardly in certain cases right. and then full implementation in others. And I think that's the biggest change for us as we get larger is that you become more and more process oriented, more and more workflow oriented you can't have the lone wolf advisor just saying, I'm just going to do it the way that I want to do it. That doesn't work. You can't right. have that in your organization because you can't supervise that person. And then you can't give everyone a consistent experience throughout right. the firm. So, and we pride ourselves on giving people a consistent experience. So, you know, that's one reason why we made that change. I think you're absolutely right about the office space thing. I mean, I, you know, you and I have shared this. Our greatest fear is that, you know, if you start to get too big and you have to go with different office spaces and things get disjointed and you don't have that sort of oversight and you don't have people bring people together, then you lose your identity, you lose your culture. And so that's what we have to do. We have to continue to stay small and stay who we are, but we have to be able to project that over multiple locations because that will happen in the future. And we're going to have to work that out. And then also as managing partners, you and I have the challenge of keeping people all together and just, you know, having those duties get expanded um, or we hire somebody in that role, uh, you know, you and I will probably retain that role and then we're just going to have to um, absorb that as part of our regular job duties and then also be mindful of how many clients we bring up. 
Right, exactly. And the, the, the client experience piece is, is super important to us because uh, a lot of our growth comes from our existing clients saying, hey, I'm having a good experience. Friend of mine, relative of mine, whoever it might be, work colleague of mine, you should go and talk to these guys. And so we want that consistent experience so that when a client refers a friend or a relative or whatever it might be, they have confidence that that person's going to have the same experience that they had. Right. And so this kind of being able to duplicate and replicate that experience over and over is is really important to us. Um, and, and it gets more challenging as you bring on more people, because, as you said, you know, you have different personalities, obviously. And so things start to kind of, you know, fracture a little bit. Um, and so how do you keep that experience the same? Um, and it also speaks to why, unfortunately, because we wish it was different, but it's not why we can't take every single person on as a client, right? And a lot of people I don't think understand that. They go, well, how, how come you can't just take everybody on as a client? And you and I had personal experience with this when we worked at our uh, former firm um, of having a, a large, large number of households that we manage money for combined. It was, you know, it was a number that had a comma in it. And 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 that just doesn't work. And, and it's unfortunate because that means then you have to tell people that you can't work with them. And it's not that you don't want to, but you understand the, the perils that come with taking on too many households and getting too big, not by way of employees, but too big by way of clients that you then can't service. That's exactly right. And, and I think that's going to be one of our challenges going forward is, you know, how do we end up having people that want to continue to work with us that we want to continue to work with and how can we keep that experience consistent and give them the time that they need? And I think that that's, um, we're determined to do that. And it will probably be adding some staff for us to help us out. And we never had that before. You know, a support right. advisor or something like that will likely happen in the future. And resultingly, um, you know, we're going to have introduce some new faces. And, you know, we get to, but we the advantage of that is we get to train them exactly how we want them trained. And so that's going to be a huge advantage for clients going forward is that they'll have another point of contact. And, and I agree with you on that. The hardest thing is telling somebody no, especially when somebody gets referred over and we might have to say, Hey, you can't work with Nate and I, but we have other advisors that have more capacity, right? And this is maybe a better fit for you. And you know, it, it's messaging and it's not that we love them any less. It's just the fact that we just, you know, don't have the capacity to have 500 clients. If we do, then everybody else is going to suffer. Right. And, right. And, or we won't be able to manage the firm and it'll just kind of collapse upon itself. And that's the whole thing about as we grow, you know, how much more are we going to take on our plate and how much do we kind of let go? And we're, we're business owners and control freaks. That, that's a challenge. Yeah. And I think that, that good, bad or indifferent, it's worked to this point of being control freaks. And I think that's part of the reason why it's hard to, to divest of things because when something's successful, then, you know, you're, you're reticent to want to make a lot of changes to that thing. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the, I think it's important for clients to understand that that is one of the things that we take in, into, into mind when we make changes or when we do things or when we hire somebody or when we, whatever it might be. Um, it all starts with what effect does this have on culture? What effect does this have on the client experience? Yeah. And we kind of use that as, as the, as the ballast, if you will, Danny, did I use that right? Ballast more or less kind of. Yeah. Um, 
We asked Dan because he's our English expert in the office. Danny, you can uh, English expert? That's fair, right? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, right. Journalism and uh, a product of the J school at UW. Right. Um, but I think that that's the reason why we why we have gotten to where we've gotten is that we've always tried to keep central the idea of client experience um, slash culture and foster those two ideas as much as possible. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that I've learned over the last few years is that you can give something away and still have it be successful. And not only right. successful, it can be better. Right. So, for example, um, I've... Tr- you know, one of the things that I, I'm the chief compliance officer too. I serve in that role, but I've given away a lot of the day-to-day compliance to a compliance partner that we finally found that we trusted. And so while that's expensive to do that, we found it to be a really good fit um, for being able to, to do a lot of the blocking and tackling the day-to-day stuff. And I still have responsibilities to, you know, approve the big stuff or, you know, answer the big audits and things like that, but they are assisting me. And then the second thing was was marketing and having Dan in-house and having somebody that I really trusted to do it in a full-time role, which we hadn't had before. Um, and so that's been a huge advantage, too, is that, you know, hey, I can do some things, but Dan, you know, tracks things a lot better and he's able to produce more content than I have and he lives it every day. And so, um, you know, I'm only one person, so I only have so many hours in a day and we need somebody to do that role all the time. So, you know, it's it's extremely helpful when you find the right people that can help offload those sorts of things. Yeah. And speaking to that point, I think, that it, and, and, you know, move towards wrapping it up here. I think that it's also important for clients and people listening to understand that we've lived, lived by the idea uh, when it comes to staff that you hire talent when talent comes available, right? When they come across our face, we, that's what we've done, right? Whether it's the right time or not, has been less of an issue for us. We've looked at it and said, when a talented person kind of comes becomes available and we become aware of it and we can make it happen, we make it happen, right? And, and we, we, we've lived with the fact that the timing might not be perfect, um, but that's what we're willing to kind of um, sacrifice at, at, the, at the benefit of, of the firm being able to get talented people, right? And I think that that's something that people might see over the next six months is more people get added because talent is very, very hard to find. And so when it is available and it's in front of you, uh, we've just, we've learned that you have to take advantage of that opportunity, even if the timing is not quite what you want it to be. I don't think the timing, I mean, for maybe, maybe Polly, I think that aside from, from that timing is just, and she's been one of the few that we've said, okay, and we set it out and we just kind of hired her on a, on a schedule Right. I don't know if anybody else has been timed at all. Right. Like they've just right. shown up. Like there've right. been advisors where things have happened, or they've decided to go. John, I'd say John. Yeah. John. John was was a timing thing too, actually. Um, but you know, from the other advisors, they just kind of happened. Right. Um, especially with advisor talent that just comes available sometimes, where right. somebody's just had it. You know, they're just like, hey, I'm ready to make a move, and right. and your firms, you know, come up in conversation, or I found you online, right. or what have you. That's just just happens. Timing's never good. It's like, it's like moving or it's like, you know, it's moving or adding your family or whatever. It's never, it's never the like perfect timing. You just can't do it. So hard. Right. Because understanding perfect timing means that you have to, you have to know what tomorrow is going to bring, which nobody does. So how you, if you get timing right, you get it right in, in hindsight, 
right? You look back and go, the timing was right on that. But you, there's no way to get timing right in the moment because it requires knowing what tomorrow is going to bring, you know, to, to ensure that the timing was right. So I think that we were, that we've been, been smart to say, let's forego that and let's, let's take talent when talent becomes available. Exactly. So uh, lastly, uh, what are your thoughts on jelly beans? Not a fan at all. <laughs> Zero. There are no good jelly beans. That is so, so disappointing. Danny, jelly beans? Oh my gosh! What who terrible texture! Oh, yeah, I don't like it at all. Fantastic! Like no crunch. Like man, if you if you said, okay, let's contrast jelly beans. You know, okay, fun little colors, maybe fun flavors. Give me M and M's all day. Uh, Way better. I mean, an M and M is a is a fairly mediocre one. Jelly beans are trash. Don't don't and don't bring me this like tropical flavored jelly bean. No, I want the original old school Brock's. Jelly beans, so fantastic. Is there a favorite color or yeah, I mean, flavor? Purple and red are are pretty solid. Uh, white and black are are kind of uh, kind of indifferent. I've learned to like them more than I used to, uh, but uh, yeah, they're fantastic. Next I, thing you're going to tell me that you like candy corn. Candy corn's okay. I would prefer the pumpkins. The the, the, the the orange <laughs> pumpkins, those are better than candy corn. The worst, though, my father eats, well, two things. He eats those god-awful um, uh, orange and black wrapped candies. He's the only guy? Oh, horrible, dude. Those candies are terrible. Yeah. Second thing that he eats, which are god-awful, too, uh, uh, malted milk balls. Those are... Not that bad. Oh man, they come in like the like the whoppers. Milk. Oh, it's yeah. so He's terrible. He's a big whopper guy. Ter yes, he is. He is. Wow, they're horrible. Not not that bad. They're but terrible. those those little candies that come in the wrappers. He's the only guy that I know that would ever eat them. I mean, if you would dig through like your Halloween candy, oh, those would always uh, yeah. be left, and they just get thrown out. <laughs> that and the pencil somebody gave you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the toothbrush. Exactly, the dentist guy. Appreciate Never that. Never going to that house again. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you for spending some time with us today. Uh, we're, we're, we want to share more of kind of how we got to this point in the firm. And I think it's, uh, hopefully it's interesting for people and they, they, they learn a little more about how we got to this point and, and, and more importantly, kind of where we're trying to go with it and, and, and how we make these decisions. So thanks so much for your time. And we look forward to speaking to you again on Give Me Some Truth. Walkner Conn and Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Conn and Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.